0: Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast, hosted by Renita Ray Davis, licensed clinical social worker, board-approved social work clinical supervisor, and facilitator of the Goddesses of Social Work supervision community. Join us as we travel through the social work journeys told by the Goddesses of Social Work community members, past and present, as they make their way to our clinical licensure. Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. I'm here today with Patty Block. Patty Block wife, mother, and owner of Sin Body Waves, unearthed her passion for energy healing through the profound vibrations of a singing bowl. Initiating her healing journey with self-discovery, she explored various meditation schools and techniques until encountering the transformative stillness of vibrational sound therapy in 2018. This pivotal moment led her to pursue certifications as a vibrational sound therapist RYT200 yoga instructor, and Reiki master. With a dedication to meditation and connecting with others, Patty employs her expertise in biofield tuning, excess consciousness, transcendental meditation, mindfulness meditation, and biofield energy medicine to restore and harmonize energetic bodies, passionately embracing her role in promoting holistic well-being. Together with her husband, John, Patty has dedicated years to educating diverse groups about the pleasures and advantages of meditation and sound healing through sound bath performances, restorative yoga classes, and yoga retreats. In 2021, they were inspired to relocate to Alabama and establish a private sound healing studio in Montgomery offering specialized energy healing techniques such as vibrational sound therapy, Reiki, and tuning fork therapy for individuals who are looking to restore their health through relaxation. Welcome, Patty. Super excited to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Renita. I am too.
0: (laughs) I'm going to tell our audience, we tried to hear the singing (laughs) bulls, but we were unable to do so. But I am going to put a link up to your YouTube channel where people can listen to your beautiful music, okay? Thank you. Patty, I am curious. I know all those big words. When you were little, you didn't know anything about that, right? So what did you want to be when you were growing up? Or who did you want to be most like when you were growing up?
1: Um, When I was growing up, I had some difficulties and as a kid in divorce and as a child of transition I was here one day there the next and it it just kind of exploded within me and I became really quiet actually when I was younger in junior high I had this strong feeling that I was going to be a therapist, actually, I thought I was going to be someone that um, maybe went down the road to being in social work. And um, I volunteered with clubs after school and like, you know, hung out with other kids that were going through things. And it was more because I was feeling lost. And um, so I, I knew that There was something big for me, but I really didn't have any destinations, dreams, or goals. I've always been a float through life kind of person. And whichever way I'm directed, that's where I end up going.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that you float. (laughs) And I'm so (laughs) excited that you floated to Alabama because that's how I met you. So I love that you float. You know what, Patty? Um, at doing this podcast, one of the things that I keep hearing consistently is that I didn't know I was going to be a social worker. And you're the first person who said, yeah, I wanted to be a social worker. And then you went into a different path. And I I think that is so intriguing. But you are, in a lot of ways, a therapist, don't you think?
1: I do. Mm -hmm. I I do think that. And I feel like it's because I've found that my journey of unfolding and leveling up and moving through emotions and through memories and through situations that i've lived in all of those things have prepared me to teach so as i move in life i pretty much take it on as um everything is my school of learning. And so when I move through situations that maybe leveled me up and taught me something profound, I keep that in my toolbox because I know I'm going to need it later for helping with someone else. And I mean, there are even times when I'll learn something today and I'll share it with a client later in the afternoon, just because I'm always expecting to be um, I almost have like downloads of information that I need to share with others. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs>
0: that absolutely answered my question. And while you were talking, I was thinking. I think I do the same thing. Often when I'm with my therapy clients, I journal every morning, every single morning. Okay. And whatever I've journaled and was just kind of reflecting on either the day before or about myself, inevitably comes up with in my sessions with my clients and so when you're like something that I've learned something that I was profoundly thinking about then shows up in the work that you do with your clients as well
1: it does every day I am mesmerized I'm mesmerized and I see miracles happening all the time
0: you are a miracle I think you're a miracle Patty
1: <laughs> Addie, before
0: we get too, too far down the road I'm I i am been waiting to ask you this question. (laughs) Tell me about your journey. How did you get here in this beautiful space doing this beautiful work?
1: Uh, Well, I actually was born and raised in Montgomery and um, after I finished high school, I went to AUM for about a year and a half and it just wasn't playing out for me. I I was lost and I didn't really understand why I was there or what I was striving to become. And so I started looking in newspapers to find jobs that travel. And I traveled for a little while doing hair and makeup for like a glamour shots type of thing. And so I packed my little car, my little Suzuki sidekick in 1998. And I just hit the road and went to where my job took me for about a year and a half. And um, after traveling for a year and a half and living out of your car and out of hotel rooms, it gets a little tiring. So I was like, where's my next destination? And a friend of mine was like, come to Vegas, come visit me. So I went to Las Vegas And um, I laid on her couch for a week and I had a job and then I had an apartment and then I had another job and I ended up in the casino industry. So in 1999, I started working in casinos and um, I eventually in 2000 became a casino dealer and I dealt cards for almost 20 years. So being on a blackjack table in Las Vegas, let me tell you, you learn a lot about humanity. You learn about love. You learn about loss, addiction, struggles, childhood traumas. Like I learned about people and I learned how to navigate through you know, mucky energy, there was lots of energy there that, you know, I would go home and I would just feel lethargic and weighed down. And I didn't understand at the time that I was an empath and that I was taking on a lot of that because I felt bad and I wanted to uplift others and I wanted to give and become and I wanted everybody to be so happy and wonderful in life. And it was depleting me. And when I noticed that my world was unraveling, I had a job, a great job. I had a great house. I had a husband. I had a child and all of these things. And I was still feeling unfulfilled and I was still feeling depleted. And so I started meditating. Um, I'd learned meditation before my son came along because I wanted to have him at home. And I did successfully have him at home. But The meditation is what connected me to my inner thoughts, my inner critic, the person that is constantly running in the background. And when I learned how to explore her and how to dive into her, then I started seeking alternative measures like energy healing and um, tarot card readings and all kinds of different ways to explore myself. And it was through that self exploration that I learned about vibrational sound therapy and how it allowed me to dive deep. It allowed me to let go of the casino, let go of all that energy that was stagnant and collecting upon me. I was able to shake it off and feel who I was again. And that, um, in that learning vibrational sound therapy and Reiki and energy healing. I like I said, whenever I learn things, I want to teach them and I want to share them and I want to explore them with other people. So all of my casino workers, I was like, hey, come get on my table. Let's I want to use these singing bowls on your body. I want to relax you. I want to do this. I want to do that. And um, and it was starting bit to become something pretty impressive in Las Vegas and my husband really enjoyed it as well so he and I started collecting instruments and testing what we feel and how we feel and we started doing sound baths in yoga studios and just started really reaching out to the community and offering ways to heal so we would go play in the park with yoga instructors and we would be the background for meditation and and we, uh, we played at a wedding. We did an entire wedding, just the two of us, with singing bowls and chimes and bells. And it was beautiful. And um, when COVID happened, I was in that headspace of, I don't want to go back to the casino. And I know that this that there's something opening up for me. So my husband and I sold everything we owned. And we moved into an RV with all of our instruments and our son and our cat. And we moved out to the desert for a little while. And we lived out in the middle of Overton, Nevada for about, I don't know, eight or nine months. We just kind of hung out and did bonfires every night and played and and really uh, we would just go into Vegas and do sound baths and not knowing what was next. um, My brother called and said, uh your mom's not our mom isn't doing so well, so can you come out here and try to help you know heal or bring her back to health or help her out and we packed our r v and we moved across the country in six days and we set up here in twenty twenty one and now in twenty twenty three we have this beautiful studio twenty twenty four now. <laughs> we have this beautiful studio. It's just all unfolded, Renita. I can't even explain. It's just the universe knew that I was ready and that John was ready. And here we are.
0: And you do have such a beautiful studio. I'm so glad you're here in it today. (laughs) I am loving getting to to look at it. I have, I wrote some things down and I, and so I'm going to, maybe i'll tackle it one one at a time okay. casino dealer i never yeah. thought about you know my sister and i i told you this we're in vegas she's actually going to be there next week no super bowls coming too um yeah. uh, earlier this year and i would watch the card dealers it never occurred to me that they were really taking on people's life stories really especially the ones who repeatedly are showing up into those spaces and places and you guys are listening you know I was thinking about the bartender or the hairdresser or the social worker who listened to the stories of these people and you're taking on really their stories and then what do you do with that yeah
1: yeah it's pretty incredible um You know, I would have customers that would be in our casino is a beautiful casino for four or five days and every day Mm -hmm. they would come down and then, you know, you become a part of their experience as well because you learn what they did the day before Mm -hmm. and then you learn about, you know, their kids and then you see you meet their family or you learn why they're there celebrating or why they're there alone. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of people that end up in Vegas on a card table. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed and I'm still amazed that as a card dealer, I was exposed to so many cultures of people. There were six chairs and they all accepted one another in that space of this tiny little table and the cards coming out. They supported each other. They cheered each other on. They got angry with each other because of decisions that they made. But, you know, I also felt like, you know, kind of like a mom almost on the table because you're, you're keeping everybody in a, in a comfortable space and you're holding space for whatever emotional body that they're in, in that moment. And it was definitely a life learning lesson for me, for me. 19 years I was a blackjack dealer, and um, I I always said I'm not going to deal for 20 years. And COVID happened right before my 20 year anniversary, it was so incredible. Life was like, okay, we'll let you go.
0: (laughs) We'll agree to that deal, we'll agree to that. I love that so, and you know what? I love you know. We won't get into politics or anything like that, but just the state of the world, you repeatedly hear people use that phrase, the state of the world, and at your table, you had people of all kinds, colors, race, socioeconomic backgrounds, and everyone could get along and support each other. So when I heard you just say that, it's I, I was thinking, okay, it's possible. It's possible for us all to love each other and get along.
1: Definitely. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. I, you know, I think I'm going to ask these two questions together because I'm thinking you'll be, I know you will be able to answer it. One of the things I hear Peely, as you know, I'm an avid meditator. I meditate daily. And when I'm talking to um, social workers about meditation and and mindfulness has really blown up in the field of social work. I mean, we got CEUs on it now. People are really realizing that it it works and it's effective for our clients and for ourselves. But when I talk to the community of social workers that I, um, I get to be in community with, and I speak about meditation, they're like, Oh my goodness, Janina, I am not a meditator. I can't sit still for three minutes. And for me, When I started meditating, because I have, I, I've been diagnosed with adult ADD, (laughs) surprise. Um, (laughs) when I started meditating, I had that same belief system that I, I couldn't meditate. And I started with three minutes on YouTube and increased to five. And now I don't, it's like breathing to me. What would you say to those folks who struggle with meditation, um, And then the second part of that question is, I love what you said about taking on energy and the benefits of meditating and being able to get to yourself without all the voices and all the people that you were hearing and talking to and working with that day.
1: Right. Um, Well, one um, important thing to remember about meditation is that there's no right or wrong to meditation it's purely getting to a still space where you listen to your self-talk you listen to the record player in your head and you find out what you're saying to yourself because when you are busy with others and you're involved with life and you're moving through your job or you're taking care of the kids cooking dinner all of those things you have this system of operation going on in the background and you're talking to yourself. Well, a lot of times we don't listen because we're so busy when you sit in meditation, you learn to hear what you're telling yourself. And then you ask yourself, is that truth? Or should I believe that? Or you start investigating. Why am I repeating to this? You know, why am I repeating this in my cycle of thoughts. What am I hanging on to this for? So that is what meditation is for. It's actually catching yourself thinking. And when you catch yourself thinking, you drive a wedge between that thought and your present moment. When you catch yourself, you can take a deep breath and you just come back to yourself and you're instantly out of that mind. Now you can drop right back into that thinking mind. But the point is to catch it. It's like a muscle. You're building a muscle. So when you catch it, you bring yourself back to the breath. Eventually, you'll remember to breathe more than you remember to think. And that's what I love about meditation. And then a second thing that I would recommend is use everything as meditation. Standing in the grocery store, waiting at the register, Look at the people around you. Be there in that moment. What are you learning there in that moment? Because if you're off in your mind thinking about the next task or where you're going next or what you're doing next or thinking about what you did wrong 30 minutes ago, then you're not in that present moment space and you're missing out on smiles and laughter and life. And So bringing your even self-awareness to holding the steering wheel, sitting in traffic, when you bring yourself to that point of, I'm sitting here in traffic, I'm watching that guy pick his nose, I'm watching that person run the red light, you are aware of the situation and it's protecting you, you're expanding your aura so that you feel more expansive, more relaxed. And you're not in that fight or flight mode of what's next because you're paying attention. You know what's coming next. That's what I love about meditation.
0: (laughs) I love meditation. And that was such a great response. I took that breath with you. And I hope our audience took that breath as well. And even if they didn't, I want to invite them to take a breath right now and be present with us in this podcast interview. That was such a beautiful answer. I'm going to dig in a little deeper if you're okay with that. So one of the things that I love that you said, I didn't love that you experienced, but I love that you said, because I remember for me, Patty, I had been, I, I've been a social worker now for 24 years and it was my 19th year as a social worker. And my sister and I um, were in New Orleans, you know, those who know me know that's our, my favorite place. And I was talking to someone and, and she mentioned, having taken on the energies of my clients for over those 19 years? How was I releasing them? How was I releasing mm-hmm. it? And since then, I hopefully have put in a, into practice a daily practice, almost hourly practice of trying to let go of the client's energy that I just saw and are spoken to. And obviously I come to see you every week as well. Yes. But can you speak to... What it means to take on the energy of and or just, yeah, the energy of the clients that we are serving and why it is important to try to release that in or wash that away from you.
1: Sure. Um, well, what it means a lot of times it's because we're not protecting our energy. We, the reason that we take on the energy of others is because number one, we're depleted We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not sitting in silence and knowing ourselves. Um, When we take on the energy of others, it's usually because we have a tight aura around us where we're not feeling in flow. We're actually in a state of fear and that lower vibration. When we're in that state of lower vibrations, our energetic body can... it actually magnetically suck up lower vibrational energy. So from clients to people who are walking down the street, it doesn't matter if you're in a state of fear and and, um, where you're constantly in that inner critic phase or you're not walking with that heart space open and wide, then you're automatically susceptible to taking on their energy. Now, one way to help um, relax your body is definitely meditation. That's That helps. But also connecting with your breath and feeling. When you breathe, you can almost feel your shoulders drop and you can feel like this energy expand all around you. That's your aura. When your aura is expanded, that means that people can't get right up in your space. It's expanded to create a buffer between you and life situations when you are tight and when you're fearful and when you're thinking about past and and future and you're not in this present moment, people get right up in your face before you realize that you're having a reaction. And the reason you're having a reaction is because they have tangled up and and entangled with this. Um, plasma this bioplasma sphere that we carry around with us when we have these tangles that they can ruffle our feathers and it cross causes those emotions within us it simply means that we haven't been in a state of self-care that we need to slow down drink a cup of tea gratitude journal um manifestation journal, like think of all the things that you want to be embodying and, and really create space and time and energy to bring love back into your heart space, appreciate nature, walks in the park, barefoot, let all that energy go. Uh, It's one of the things I teach my clients all the time is barefoot, On the ground, take deep breaths and let Mother Nature soak it up. Whatever isn't yours, let it go. You don't need to hold on to it because it's not going to lift you up. It's dragging you down. So let it go. Um, And then Epsom salt baths and showers to help wash it away. Yeah, those are the beautiful things about water, air, Fire, we're, we want to go back to that way that our ancestors took care of themselves. We want to be in nature. We want to breathe and really feel ourselves. We're in this energetic soup of information and electricity and people and and we're being bombarded constantly by these energies. So get back to nature, get back to the breath, and instill some quiet time into each day.
0: So glad you shared that, Patty. Um, those the social work audience that, is, that are out there, um, they all know because it's just been <laughs> bombarded in our head that our our biggest, our largest national association for social workers, NASW, they recently on our code of ethics. Um, integrated social workers uh, self-care as a practice and oftentimes yeah it's new but one of the it's it's, it's about I guess almost six years now but one of the things often that I hear are social workers don't know how to do self-care they're like well what they think what it looks like is somehow you have to pay some money out. And all of the things that you just spoke of were, were free, <laughs> yes. the journaling, the going into nature, the standing on the grass, the taking a shower, Epsom salt might cost you $5, but still you can do it several times um, with, with that one bag. And all of the things that you just said are, how do I do self-care for free? And you just provided that for us. Yes. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> oh I could just talk. You know, Patty, I could talk to you all day. I got I got to <laughs> I got to keep going. I'm going to I'm going to shift how I usually ask this question just a little bit. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast today, Patty, was because I believe and I'll often encourage both my social workers and my 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 therapy clients um that it takes a team of us. You know how they say it, it takes a village. <laughs> it takes a, a team of us to to take care of a, a person and on a healing journey. So, you know, obviously, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a psychotherapist, but I have a therapist. I also have you. I also have other people that I bring into my team in order for me to be on my own healing journey. And so, the the question is: I, I have a community of folks. I'm curious, what do you, what is your take on community? what communities are you involved in and what do you think about what i just said about taking having a team of folks around you as you're on your holistic journey
1: i think that's important i do i feel like every journey is very very different um some people are constantly working in communities with others and sometimes self reflection and being quiet is the space that they need to be in more. Um, There are some people that are online constantly, and they need to maybe go and meet up with other groups and do um, like crochet or bowling or, you know, like involve yourself in something different, I would say, because I, for one, I love crochet and I love needlepoint and I love that type of thing. And those are my ways to like connect with other people. Um, I don't really, I, the sky's the limit. I mean, join a hula hoop club if that makes you feel like, you know, feel good. I, I want everyone to follow their heart and really connect with The love and if that means going to a float spa and getting you know relaxation that way or coming into a sound healing space and just feeling a new sensation in your body or going to talk to someone because you listen all of the time all of those things are so important and I feel like family is another important community to you know really lift each other up and try to be that solid foundation for each other, um, and I, I also recommend that you kind of tap out from the traditional stuff like social media and you know um, what's new and what's you know like consumerism and I, I for me. It's been a journey of letting go. The more I let go of, the more beautiful I feel within. I don't feel like I need to be this or be that. I can be anything. I could wake up today and decide that I want to learn piano and join a piano club. Or, you know, I could wake up and learn that I want to learn how to pick tea leaves and grow tea, my own tea, ja- gardening, you know, like, I really don't think that any one way is right. I think they're all all right. And if they all bring this heart space awareness into your body, and you feel good, and you feel excited about going to meet with these people every week, or going to meet with this person every month, or I go with it, like, keep yourself lifted so that you're in that healing space all the time. It's when you feel depleted or you feel the clouds coming in, then I would recommend that you do something outside of your bubble because it's going to bring an excitement and it's going to lift your vibrations and it's just going to bring an air of love and joy and um, newness to your life. And, and we're always, we're in a state of movement all the time. There, Nothing's ever like in a box. Just keep stepping on top of that box to the next box and moving up.
0: And when you keep moving up, you see there's more things out there, right?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so many fun things to do and to experience. And then so many ways to... Tuck yourself in, and you know, wear warm jammies on the couch, and drink some cocoa, and do things like that for yourself as well.
0: I love that. I know you love onesies, so I I could totally (laughs) see that for you. (laughs) Oh, Patty, this has been such a great, great conversation, and I am moving to my to the last question we have here, Um, Patty. One of the reasons I want to have you on the show is to demystify energy healing. I have social workers who have expressed their desire to receive Reiki. I was just speaking to one social worker. I'm so glad you brought it up about the float therapy, I think it is, to help decrease her anxiety before taking her social work exam. And, you know, that got me to thinking, actually, so many of the folks that, are, not so many, but a lot of the people I work with have a lot of test anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when she mentioned that, I was like, oh, yeah, this would be perfect. And so I guess, you know, my last question is, um, what would you say to those who are so curious about the benefits of this practice and how could it be beneficial for them and their clients?
1: The benefits of sound healing are exponential, number one. It does help students. Um, the reason is because the sound healing, the bowls, the sound therapy, Reiki, all of these things help your energy to drop down out of that fear, fight, flight response. It helps you drop into the parasympathetic nervous system where your body relaxes. When your body's relaxed, it starts to repair. It starts to regenerate. When your mind is in that state of almost hypnosis, you're able to subconsciously relax and let your knowing be there So you're not like wired up with thoughts or more learning or more, you know, I've got to get this. I've got to get this. I've got to get this. You get into that space of knowing you already know the information. You just relax yourself out of the way, basically. And I think that's with all things in energy healing, because you're laying on that table and you're in a space. It's a meditative space. It's a deep relaxation response to the, the bowls and the vibrations. When you're in that meditative space, your, your cells start to regenerate. They start to pump out the toxins that you're holding on to. Your heart rate starts to slow down. Your all of your blood starts to slow down and starts to vibrate in these beautiful patterns. And the waters of your body start to vibrate in these beautiful patterns. And they create a stronger foundation for your health, your wellness, your energy, your emotional body, your spiritual body. Like you connect in these ways, really, really deep ways that oftentimes times people can't meditate into. This allows you to sink down into that meditative space with no thought whatsoever. I have so many clients that walk into my space, never met me, and within 15 minutes, they're asleep on my table. What doctor's office do you go to where you just fall asleep on their table the first day you meet them? None. So (laughs) that's what I love about sound healing. It, I don't have to prove it, it proves itself. It relaxes the body so deep that you just, it's a physical response you'll never forget.
0: Absolutely. And your body will remember and crave more of it and want more of it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I hope that those who feel like they have tried all they can try in regards to taking their clinical and our master's exam, we'll then be like, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the direction I need to go in and we'll, and
1: we'll at least consider it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Patty, really, this is my last question. What has the experience been? Because you created all of this when you were in Vegas and it just, you know, they do everything in Vegas. When you came back, to Montgomery, Alabama, and I, you know, and and specifically, you're even do some things in Prattville, Alabama. I had always been curious about what the experience was like for you to come back to the South and offer these sessions and this experience to people. What has that been like for you?
1: Very eye-opening. I I actually did not think that Alabama would be ready for what. We do. Um, and a few people, I've we've met a few people that weren't ready for it, but the amount of clients that walk into my office and the level of clients, I mean I have chiropractors, physicians, acupuncturists, therapists, Exactly. I have all of these beautiful serving individuals out there. They're taking care of life in Montgomery and they're allowing me to take care of them. That has blown me away. I mean, I just, I never ever expected that I would be in this space saying something like this. I, I didn't think I'd be back in Montgomery, Alabama. I thought I'd be a West Coaster forever, probably. Um, but the fact that I'm here and that it's necessary and that it's it's exploding and people are learning about themselves and about meditating in no matter what faith you believe in, that, that you can tap into this beautiful energy that your faith provides and feel good and feel lifted. It's been mind blowing that Alabama is ready. And I love it. I I couldn't be more happy and excited.
0: Well, Alabama is happy you came home. We are happy <laughs> you came home. Patty, thank you for coming on the Goddesses of Such so Work podcast. It has been such a joy having you today.
1: Thank you so much, Renita.
0: Before we end today, Patty and I would like to invite you to experience a relaxing meditation, listening to the beautiful sound bowls played by Patty and the Mona Lena played by her wonderful husband, John. To begin, find a comfortable position, either sitting down or lying on the floor. Allow your spine to be straight and long. Let your shoulders drop. Relax. Rest your hands in your lap and gently close your eyes. Become aware of the rhythm of your breathing. There is no need to change your breathing in any way. Simply notice it exactly as it is. And now, allow the sounds to carry you away. I'm
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. We are glad you were here. If you liked this episode, please come back to hear more stories of the journeys through social work and please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. See you next time here on the Goddesses of Social Work podcast.